Recently here in the Tech Emergence podcast, we interviewed the director of the AI and Natural Language Processing Lab for Nuance Communications Sunnyvale office here in Silicon Valley. This week in the Tech Emergence podcast, we speak with Mark Hansen. Uh, Mark is the director of design and development at Nuance Communications. He works now in bringing the laboratory innovations into business applications. In other words, how do we enhance customer experience? How do we improve business efficiency with the AI technologies that Nuance develops? This week, we speak specifically about natural language processing. Where is this going in the future? Where is it driving customer value now? And where are sort of the, the most advanced companies here in the Valley and elsewhere aiming to apply this technology in the future. Mark talks a little bit about what he's excited about and sees as some of the the coming innovations that folks might want to look out for. Um, Another good interview here with the folks at Nuance. Hopefully enjoy this episode in the Tech Emergency Podcast. So Mark, your job here with Nuance is taking a lot of what's going on in the research lab uh, with Charlie, who we've interviewed, and, and the other great folks that are working on sort of the, the hard science, bring that into product market fit, improve customer experience. Nuance is a part of a lot of different technologies today, uh, aiming to improve customer experience in different fields. What's sort of a, a smorgasbord, if you will, of, of the exciting areas where where you guys are, are plugged in and making that difference already that people might not know of? Yeah. Um, in fact, Nuance probably touches a lot of people's lives in ways and they're not really even realizing it. You know, Charlie mentioned the automobile. You know, if you're driving a car and you want to say, hey, uh, play me U2 or, or, or play me uh, songs by the artist Bono, it's our technology for the most part that's driving that experience. Underneath that technology is a core kind of technology that includes speech recognition, natural language processing, text to speech, dialogue management. Uh, and what we've done in enterprise is we've taken that core IP and we've now created a platform so that enterprises can start to build these smart applications as well. Um, so you're seeing that in an application. If you're a USAA member, USAA was one of our first customers to adopt Nina, which is our Nuance Interactive Natural Assistant. Think of it as a smart virtual assistant that is able to do all of the things that uh, an enterprise needs it to do. So this is an, a virtual assistant that sits within the mobile application of USA. And uh, rather than you know trying to traverse multiple screens or you know escalate to you know a contact center and maybe get put on hold, you can just ask your question or tell the virtual assistant what you want it to do. And so that was one of our first implementations. Since then, we've seen some really cool uh, implementations by Domino. So you might have seen the commercial Domino's Dom, where you can order a pizza. Uh, using a virtual assistant. So you can say, I, I want a thick crust pizza with oh, uh, cool. olives and yeah, onions yeah. and um, a liter of uh, Coke. And it might ask you if you want to you know, take it up a notch and, and get the lava cake as well. Um, <laughs> so it's really a seamless conversational experience that we're trying to drive that simplifies the systems that we're providing to the user. And the reason we've found that that's valuable is because more and more power is going into smaller and smaller spaces, yeah. right? So, you know, maybe you had a website a long time ago, back in 2000, and you might've been able to transfer money between your account. Now it's like within a banking application, you can do almost anything inside that mobile application. And as you increase features, you don't want to increase complexity and friction. Yeah, yeah. So how do you provide all of the feature richness, but at the same time, make it a really great experience, a simple experience, a friction-free experience for your for your customers. And you don't need to be taught how to have a conversation. That's just something we all know how to do. 
And so you don't need to learn the interface when you come into contact with a virtual assistant. You just talk to it the same way you and I are talking right now. And, and so that's where we see a lot of the benefit today. Cool. So you talked about Domino's Dom. That's a nice uh, example. I'm, I'm glad that wasn't around when I was in college. I'm sure, I'm sure I'd be broke. I would just be like, give me another one. <laughs> but uh, so USAA and, and the is leveraging Nina, Domino's Dom. What are some other examples? Brands people might recognize, applications that people don't realize you've played a role in, cool examples of nuance in the world with other companies today. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a number of one. I, f- I think sometimes it's the ones that you don't hear about a lot that oftentimes are, are really unique and cool. So, you know, when you think about travel, for example, we, we've done Jetstar. This is a web implementation, so it's a virtual assistant on the web. You got it. Um, and tremendous improvements in customer satisfaction. And in addition to that, they start to learn what customers are asking for. So, for example, you know, customers might be coming in and asking a particular question. We get this learning all the time, which is, hey, I didn't know my customers actually wanted to know that piece of information. And because they're talking to a virtual assistant, and it's the same virtual assistant that everybody's talking to, think of it as like a centralized brain. So whether it's on mobile, whether it's on the web, whether it's on Facebook, again, these are kind of omni-channel applications. Um, It's the same intelligent system that you're having that conversation with. And so we can start to centralize that intelligence and learn all sorts of new things about our customers, what their preferences are. What are they coming into the context and are wanting to ask what their intents are? So we get a lot of really great information. And, you know, we've seen it in travel. You know, people ask very unique questions like, can I buy a seat uh, and not sit in it? Right. Why would weird you wanna, stuff. Yeah. yeah why would you want to buy a seat and not sit in it? And it turns out for one customer, that was actually one of the questions they were asking. Well, it turns out that those customers were um, brides and the brides didn't want to put their their dresses down below in the cargo hold, right? Because, you know, last thing you want to do is arrive at your your destination for your wedding and have a wrinkled bridal dress, uh, bridal gown. So they wanted to know if they could actually purchase a seat for the dress. It's very unique and, you know, but astonishingly, there was a lot of questions that you're getting like that. And you might not be able to harvest that if it were just going to a person. But now that you've got, you know, this kind of centralized understanding, uh, through this intelligent system, you can start to learn a lot about your customers. Huh. So it sounds like part of the value proposition of a company like Jetstar, you know, I'm interested in the business dynamics in addition to the technology and so are the listeners. Um, part of the value proposition of, of nuance in this circumstance, sure, better customer service, you're able to automate things. It sounds like you're also filtering and pooling questions and patterns into some sort of a visual format that people can make sense of and unearth. Uh, whole reams of questions that they really should have better answers for that they might not have known. Absolutely. So we have tooling today, and I'll talk a little bit about where it is today, and then we'll talk a little about where we're going tomorrow. But we have tooling today so that when a virtual assistant is asked something, it doesn't know the answer to, right? So you you train a virtual assistant how to do a particular task or how to perform a particular answer or answer certain questions, types of questions. When that virtual assistant doesn't know the answer, we actually capture that information. And we apply natural language processing to that so that we can start to group those unknowns together, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so that within that tooling, you can say, hey, here's a cluster of questions that are very similar, that the the system is identified as very similar. And they're all about this one particular thing. So now I can go in and teach it the answer to that question uh, or teach it how to perform the action necessary to resolve that particular intent. And, you know, kind of harvest that across all of your customers. So you are getting that inf- information in a, in a much more digestible, actionable way than we've 
gotten in the past um, because it's all going into one place and, and, and being processed by one intelligent artificial intelligence system. Yeah, I, I can definitely see the value proposition there where you're, you're, if you're able to, to meaningfully clump customer service question areas together, maybe it's, you know, uh, weird seat purchase questions that exactly. don't involve people. Maybe it's um, whatever the, the case may be in whatever business, you'd be able to say, man, if someone just cracked away on this whole corner and just, you know, gave it these basic rules and, and we knew that this was the context and here's the couple quick if-thans, like this whole clump of 20 questions that actually get asked a lot, we'd be able to handle. Yeah, and exactly. then boom, you can plug that in. Exactly. So, and that, and okay. that's a lot of the benefit. Um, so you're not only getting the increase in automation, you're not only getting the increase in the customer experience because you know they're getting a, a, a consistent experience, a consistent cross-channel experience, so they can have a consistent experience on Facebook Messenger, and it's the same virtual assistant, same intelligent system uh, assistant that they're going to then interact with on the web or on their mobile application. Um, they're not only getting that, but they're also getting you know, very deep insight into what exactly customers want. Yep, and and obviously that's. Uh, you know, you're the product market fit guy here. Obviously, there's product market fit guys at every company you work with. They need that information. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, in terms of future applications, you know, there's a lot of exciting action in this whole space of, you know, chatbots are getting big. You know, when we talked to AI executives, we recently did a consensus of 35 or so execs and founders in AI. And, you know, where, what are the consumer applications you're most excited about? There were only maybe two guys who were remotely related to chatbots, but it came up so often. Um, that's part of the dialogue thing that I think Tar Charlie was talking about, how that's going to be a, a domain of technology sort of moving forward. Where where do you see exciting progress forward? What are maybe some areas that most people don't think of as something that'll be changed in a couple of years because of some of the, the direction we're headed in that might be, you know, some, some real impacts in the world with where you guys are applying this into the future? Yeah. So uh, a couple comments there. Um, the way in which we think about this is, you, know, you, you train a virtual assistant to do specific things today. And that can have a very, very meaningful impact on an experience from a customer perspective and the business drivers you're trying to achieve from a business perspective. But ultimately, it only knows what you teach it. And you know, we've gotten, there are systems out there that we've said, oh, we don't need to be explicit. We can just point it at a website or we can just point it at you know some knowledge base. And we've gone down that path too. And what we found is that even though there are websites out there and companies have great websites, the questions that are being asked, the answer isn't actually neatly packaged in some paragraph on a website or contained within some knowledge base article. So, you know, you come back to this question, well, then how do we teach a system to do new things, right? And today the answer is we, we build it, we, we explicitly teach it. And the answer tomorrow is it's going to learn. But the question is, how is it going to learn? And one of the things that Nuance is doing that's very unique is that we are actually uh, developing a way uh, where a virtual assistant can learn through the observation of human agents. So rather than explicitly going in and, and programming, you know, here's an intent, this is something that a customer would want to do, and here's how to resolve that intent, either the actions you need to take or the answer that you need to provide. You know, when you think about it, what we're trying to do is emulate the intelligence of the humans inside your contact center or the humans that exist with inside your company. So why not just observe what they do when they get those questions? So uh, we have a technology where what happens is, uh, when you're talking to a virtual assistant and the virtual assistant doesn't know the answer, it goes to a live human. The virtual assistant 
goes to a live human and says, hey, I don't really know how to do this, or I don't know the answer to this question. Can you help me out here? And the virtual, the uh, live agent then supplies an answer back to the virtual assistant, performs some actions, you know, goes and supplies an answer back to the virtual assistant. And the virtual assistant then gives that answer back to the end user. Well, from an end user perspective, it's great, right? The virtual assistant can handle all of these different things. They go back to that virtual assistant for everything, which is uh, good because it reinforces, you know, confidence from a user perspective. But it does something even more powerful from a scalability perspective. You know, we've seen we can develop patterns of, hey, when this question happens, the live hidden agent performs these actions or supplies this answer. And over time, that generates the type of machine learning data that we can use to teach the virtual assistant how to do things it hasn't been explicitly taught how to do in the past. Got it. So if if we try to put a put a bow around this just as a concept, you know, you talked about the travel domain or something like that. Um, maybe people are referring to a certain like something to have to do with connecting flights versus straight straight you know shots to a, per, a specific space and maybe the the system by itself isn't really all that prepared for that these questions end up getting shuffled a lot over to uh the virtual agent through enough of analysis of what those answers are and the successful resolving of those problems over and over thousands or hundreds of instances or you know uh, over however long the the goal would be for the machine and or the the sort of programmers and the machine together to be able to congeal that and say, hey, if we respond in this series of ways, I think we're going to be able to hit 90 plus percent of this weird circumstance that we weren't able to solve before. Is that is that a... Yeah, it, and it doesn't have to necessarily be specific to the, the weird circumstances. In fact, we can learn pretty general things. So suppose you built a virtual assistant for uh, a bank, right? And you taught that, bank, that virtual assistant explicitly how to transfer funds and um, how to show a balance. And somebody asked the virtual assistant, how do I uh, convert my 401k into an IRA? Which is, you know, kind of a, a general question. And it turns out that that answer doesn't exist within the website, potentially. What would happen is that question goes off to a hidden agent. And the hidden agent types in the answer, right? That answer then goes back to the virtual assistant. And the virtual assistant says, here's how you would do that. You would, you would convert your 401k into an IRA. <coughs> And over time, the virtual assistant's going to get that question again and again. And as the virtual assistant gets that question again and again, and a similar answer is provided by that hidden agent, its confidence in being able to answer it grows, right? It's kind of this reinforcement learning that takes place. And so eventually it says, hey, actually, I've learned the answer to that question. I don't need to go off to the virtual, the, the hidden agent anymore. And so automatically you've taught the virtual assistant how to do something without explicitly teaching it how to do it. Interesting. So just to, to try to touch on this again and make sure I'm understanding it right, there's a confidence threshold around a certain question or question set that the machine itself can decide when it's confident enough on. And, and some human doesn't have to go in and say, all right, we have a thousand answers for that. We don't know it yet. Uh, let's call it this. Like it's not a, a, yeah, a it's person. Not a, it's it's the machine saying, "Got it." Exactly. Okay. And what you can do there, I mean, th there's kind of pros and cons to that. So what we've done is we can say, okay, the machine can just go off and when it reaches a certain level of confidence, just go off and say, okay, I know how to do that now. Now, some entities like a bank, which are you know in highly regulated environments, they want to like approve, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can actually show what 
the system has learned so that there's an audit process to say, yep, yeah, that's right, yeah, yep, that's yeah. right, that's right. But it's not, as you described, it's not like you have to get a developer together with a designer and a business analyst oh, and start yeah, going gosh, through that. Yeah. It's just, and that's how we're going to solve the scalability problem. Because when you look at applications today, like on your phone, right, there might be a weather app and it tells you the weather. You just enter in a zip code or a city and it gives you the cool. weather, right? But that's like one intent or a reservations app. It finds the reservation you know, availability for uh, restaurants in your neighborhood. But when you go to an enterprise and, and people interact with enterprises a lot, think about your airline, your bank, you know, even, even your, your drugstore, who knows, you interact with these applications a lot and they do a lot, right? So within an enterprise, it's not just look up my balance, it's look up my balance, transfer funds, wire funds, um, buy and sell stocks, my life insurance, right? It's tons of tons of intents, you know, potentially 100,000 or more types of intents that one enterprise might have. So while it is very tractable to develop an application that you know, can answer you know, a few hundred questions, maybe even a few thousand questions, or do a few thousand different types of, of transactions, right? How do we get to a system that can automatically learn how to do all of the hundred thousand plus things that can be done with inside a bank? Yeah, it makes, makes you wonder, you know, if at some point we'll, we'll get to a point where we're not, we're not apping very much at all. And, and we have sort of a, a meta you know, conversational intelligence that can go do all the stuff within the bank app or the bank bank website through our interaction and go go into all those different domains without having to say, all right, bank conversational interface, go. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, buy flowers online conversational interface, go. Domino, you know, where you can just say it in general. I think I think that's that is crazy world. That is a part of the vision. Now, yeah. what makes it specifically challenging for enterprise, right? So we've seen these applications where you know. We've seen applications that leverage artificial intelligence for kind of internet type problems, right? Image recognition is a great example in recognizing cats. Well, recognizing cats is, is a really great achievement, but the data is a little bit different in the enterprise. There are probably, I don't know, I've never counted them, but millions, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of photos on the internet of a cat with the word cat next to it. So that's labeled data that you can use for machine learning. When you go into the enterprise though, you know, they don't really have a big data problem. They've got what we call a small data or sparse data problem, which is, you know, while there might be millions, tens of millions images of cats on the internet labeled cat, there's not that much labeled data around the question that somebody's asking around moving a 401k to an IRA. Maybe happens 100,000 times a year. Right? And so from a machine learning perspective, we think about machine learning being really good at um, taking in large amounts of data and recognizing patterns. But when you're talking about the enterprise, you actually need to use machine learning that's really good at understanding patterns from very, very sparse data. Got it. So not needing, uh, being able to, to develop that understanding without sort of the blatantly obvious blaring signs yeah. of, you know, the millions of iterations of, like you said, cat, weird abstractions that go a little bit farther. I have one last question, Mark, um, and then we'll we'll wrap on this. I think this will be an interesting one for you. Uh, nuances developing a lot of applications in this space of these conversational interfaces. Um, lots of players here, and there's lots of sort of different angles and and sort of dimensions to uh, this world of of sort of NLP and its its business use cases. Where do you guys see a lot of sort of the business contest, sort of the the battlefield, if for lack of a better analogy, in you know, the proliferation and, and dominance within within NLP, 
do you see it in the developments of more particular narrow applications within within maybe the next x number of years is that still viable is it is it advances in hardware and you know maybe amazon's got their their thing on the countertop now uh maybe that's that's going to be sort of a strategic advantage is it licensing and arrangements to kind of become the backbone of many of these different applications where where is kind of the contest and the the vying fight in this business world of nlp from your perspective yeah i think the competitiveness, uh, the competitive landscape is being uh, developed along the areas of specific uh, applications of technology. So, you know, a lot of machine learning is, is public domain knowledge, right? It's out there in the journals and in the articles uh, of academia and, in, and then also within uh, the work that companies are doing. But where the value is in, is in how that technology is applied to very specific problems. And so it's our belief that no one company is going to own AI. Oh, I doubt it. No, 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 no. Yeah. And what we're seeing is an emergence of companies that are really good at, at very, very specific things. So, you know, our strategy, and I think this is, you know, get back, gets back to your point around competitive differentiation. I think those companies that can develop a good platform for artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, and the development of conversational interfaces that are uh, intelligent and, and able to process knowledge. Those platforms that can do that and incorporate some of the technologies that come from these other players. So develop a good platform that can be the foundation for an AI ecosystem. Yep. Uh, and then also have the capability from a services perspective to integrate those companies into that platform. That's where you're going to see a lot of the competitive differentiation. Cool. Uh, well, that gives me enough context there, Mark. Thanks so much. And, and that's it for our interview. I appreciate being here on the Tech Emergence Podcast. Thank you very much. That wraps up today's episode here on the Tech Emergence Podcast. And thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to stay in touch with our latest interviews with C-level executives and top researchers and thinkers in the domains of AI and the intersection of technology and intelligence, then make sure to subscribe here on iTunes or visit us on our main website at techemergence.com where you can see all of our interviews broken down by category as well as articles, news, market research, and trends in artificial intelligence. If you found this episode particularly thought-provoking, feel free to leave your thoughts in a review here on iTunes or you can feel free to reach out to us at our main website. Thanks as always for tuning in and I'll catch you next week.